Good afternoon and welcome to Two Up Top. Myself, Gav Mack, in the top there. Got Stephen Cotton playing up front with me. How are you, Cotton? I'm all right, thank you very much. And in the Trekatista role is Alex down there. How are you, dude? Very well, thank you very much. Hopefully to ping balls to both of you two boys up top. Well, that's exactly how we work. We like we like having a, a front three. That's just how formations are nowadays. It's two up top, the game day 36 pre, um, re, uh, review show, not preview show. And uh, yeah, if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, it's at two up top football, or you can subscribe to us, as you can see down below, as it's going across the bottom of the screen, at two up top football. And did you know, if you put two of top football into Google, we come up first. Right. So we've got a lot of games to cover. Wednesday's games and Thursday's games. We'll start with Thursday. And can we just take a moment to appreciate Danny Ings? Yeah, one one, Southampton versus Brian. Do you know what? I'd go as far to say if we did a if we were to do a, a poll or a discussion about signing of the season this season. I know Evan will think it automatically be Bruno Fernandes. I think it'd be Danny Ings. I think, uh, where would Southampton be without his goals? Mate, he's banging left, right and centre. We've, 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 to be honest, this year, I think we've decided, we've seen a different side of Danny Ings. He offers a lot more than a normal centre forward does. And we've said it countless times that Jurgen Klopp really did like Danny Ings. But with injuries... He wasn't able to to feature, and I think he would be a featuring part of Liverpool side this year if he was fit. Look at what the return that that Firmino has had. I'm not saying it's better than Firmino, and Firmino offers a different type of aspect to the game. But what would you rather do? Would you rather bring Danny Ings on or Origi on? Yeah, exactly. Ings Ings all day. But then Ings wanted to start, didn't he? Ings wanted to, he actually wanted to start and play the majority of games. And that's what he's getting at Southampton. And obviously he wouldn't have got that at Liverpool. Yeah, very true. But it's just, a, it's just that the offering of a different thing. So many teams yeah. nowadays focus so much on a on a starting eleven, don't they? Rather than thinking of the squad formation. And I think if you're looking at a squad, then Danny Ings would fit in. And I, I think he would be happy to be starting, say, like 10 games a season, coming off the bench on another 10. If you offer Danny Ings a Premier League winner's medal playing half the games or coming second in a golden boot for a team that's just stayed up, what do you think he's going to say? I think he'd say whoever's paying me the most. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I think it would have been Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I don't know, but what, what we, 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 we obviously we're, we're speculating here, but also credit goes to him saying that look, if I want regular football, I'm not going to get it as much as I want to here at Liverpool. Oh, and he's yeah, gone yeah. to Southampton, and yeah, look, he's he's, well, he's backed himself, isn't he? You're damned if you do, damned if you don't, because because players get moaned up for being mercenaries now because they want to go where the money is, and then the minute someone goes for first team football rather than just sitting on the bench, a la Gareth Bale. He gets not moaned up, but people question his attitude and stuff, don't they? So you can't really win. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just, it's, uh, it's just not Gareth Bale's fault that uh, his dad's not playing him. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know what his attitude and training and stuff's like, to be honest. Going playing golf all the time and stuff. So we, we don't. <laughs> you don't know. Do you? He's definitely got a solid swing. But on the flip side, we look at Brighton. Brighton are now guaranteed their safety in the Premier League. They have indeed. Uh, I think I think that's um, it. Was always going to be a slightly difficult season, you know. Change of manager after a couple of seasons. Potter playing a slightly different way to 
the previous management. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they they've done it, and now now the test is where can they kick on? Can they even if it means that they finish say twelfth or something next season? That is another step forward. Oh, progress, isn't it? But the problem will become is if Brighton are in uh, hovering around the relegation fight year after year because eventually there will be one season where they'll just go down. Um, it happened. It's happened to you. Look at other clubs in history, like Aston Villa. You know when they went down the first time, they had been hovering around the relegation zone for about four or five seasons prior to them actually going down, and then they eventually did. I know Bournemouth haven't been as in trouble as as much, but they have kind of slowly regressed over the last couple of years, which has meant obviously they're in the trouble they are now. So hopefully, Brian can learn from that. And then they can take that step forwards, and I think that'll be down to the coaching staff as much as the playing staff, really. I was going to say, can can Brighton realistically press forward much more? Because they are, without being disrespectful, to them, I think they're one of the most middle of the road teams. I, I don't think I've ever watched a Brighton performance and thought, "Wow, that was." I know that doesn't mean everything because mm. Norwich played attacking football, and look where it's left them. But they, they just really uninspiring to me, and and. I think I think they'll be one of those teams for a while that just consolidating their place every year and staying up every year will kind of be enough for them. I think. I think it, it, it will take a monumental effort for for something different to happen for for Brighton. I, I can't see them. I can't see them doing anything else. But I think a, a mid-table regular and you know try and go out there and get a league cup or something. Get yourself into Europe. If you do that, then it might be able to attract a different type of player. Um, Leicester versus Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, that's a bit savage. Uh, Sheffield United. That ended two 0 to Leicester. Uh, that's really helped them out because Leicester. That's only their second win in their last in their last seven. Um, sorry, third win in their last seven games. They've not had a, a great second half of the season. I think they're going to be scraping their way to a European spot. Uh, if that wasn't for Dean Henderson yesterday, that could have been about five or six nil easy. Leicester were running riot. What did you think about the first goal when you say that? Because there was a lot of talk on on different social media outlets that if that first for the first goal in particular, the Isaiah Perez goal, if that was De Gea that made that mistake, if you want to call it that, then he would be he would be vilified for it. But the fact that it was Dean Henderson, he gets a, a free pass almost. Do you want to know why? Because Dean Henderson's like 20 years old and not supposed to be at the peak of his game at 29, 28, 29, 30. So, but, but it's, it swings and roundabouts because it, uh, that, that he didn't cover himself in glory for the first goal. But how many times did he stop Leicester adding a second, third, fourth with half decent saves? I know some of the some of the Leicester finishing was a bit questionable yesterday. It was straight down the key for a lot of the times. But you, you've got to save him still. But it, it could, Sheffield United looked. Like they just want the season to end. They they've kind of looked like that since the restart. They they just they just want to get over the line, and and they just look tired. Mm. Um, Alex, in terms of top four race, that that's that's done wonders for Leicester. Is is crucial, isn't it? Uh, especially when Chelsea and both Chelsea and Man United won as well. We're talking about teams. <clears throat> Carl mentioned it on Sunday about how he kind of saw that Man United would uh, slip up because both Leicester and Chelsea slipped up. And then the reverse effect of that, because both teams have won, they've won as well. It's such a strange way how it works. No Mm. no team seems to be able to capitalise on the others uh, uh, slipping up. But 
I uh, let out the three sides. I think Leicester is still the one that are going to miss out, especially as they go to Manchester United last game of the season. Though Chelsea's running the next two games are not exactly easy. They, they've got have, Liverpool rules, I believe. Have you yeah. seen there was a really interesting scenario? If Liverpool lose, uh, no, if Chelsea lose to Liverpool and both yeah. United and Leicester win their games. Yeah. We only need to draw against each other on the final day to, to keep Chelsea out of four. top four. Yeah, I know. That's going to be some inquisition on that one. I'm, I'm <laughs> what were we talking about the other day? What were we talking about the other day about the uh, what the Tanzanian league or whatever it was with their guys uh, scored those goals. <laughs> That, that was in that yeah. was in the that was in the Caribbean Cup, weren't it? It was Grenada or something like yeah. that. I needed an own goal to make it into because if you if, if you win by a golden goal, you get like a, a bonus point or something like that. Yeah. Absolutely shocking stuff. Um, but I, I don't know how 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 deep it will go into something like that. But it's very be, be very intriguing to see what happens. Um, let's talk about Man United because I know Cotton's excited to talk. About yeah, because no, I, I, I I've only just recently discovered something, and I would like to make like an apology behalf of the fans and behalf of the club. Um, Crystal Palace nil, yeah. Manchester United two. Right, so it appears, and I, honestly, I went back through old DVDs, I went back through the season reviews, watched a couple of old cup finals, and, and, and I actually, while I was watching it, I saw it happening, and I thought, wow, how have I not picked up on this? But apparently, for almost the last 20 years, we have purposely been playing strikers offside. Yes, that's uh, correct. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was watching, uh, like I said, I was watching cup finals, and I saw our defenders purposely stepping forward to play a player offside. And I'm, 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 I'm sorry. And I'm, I mean, if if the FA want to take our titles away for this um, discretion, then I completely understand. I, I feel I feel sorry for everyone that's had to put up with our defenders purposely playing people offside. And I just I just couldn't believe that this has been a thing. I'm, I'm gobsmacked. It, it happened yesterday in the Crystal Palace game. It was a, it was a millimetre or two offside, but uh, and it was purposely done by our defence. And I'm, I just, I'm sorry for them. I do want to mention something first, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, Alex. I don't think Cotton does agree with me, but just before Rashford scored the opening goal, there was a situation where Lindelof made a challenge inside the box. For me, I'm giving a penalty for that. I feel that he got the man first and then the ball. Alex. Uh, so, I'm going to pull my Arsene Wenger in and say I didn't actually see it. However, I have a first-hand quote from uh, my best mate, who's also a Manchester United fan, and he said that Palace should have had a penalty. So, he saw it that way. Um, but, yeah, wasn't given. And then Man United went up and scored. So, Go it on. happens. I mean, what? a full what? word. What's that? You know, it begins with S, begins, uh, begins with S, ends in T. Happens, you know? Yeah, well... <laughs> It's one of those things, I mean, I, I, I watched match of the day last night because so I, I didn't catch the game while I was at work and I, and I got in and um, they had to slow the replay down, watch it four or five times and even then they came to the conclusion that, okay, maybe he's touching at the same time he's touched the ball. And it's, and it's the clear and the obvious thing again, isn't it? It's not, it's not a case of looking at it and overturning the ref's decision. It's not clear and obvious that he's missed it. If, like, and it's, it is that wording and that ruling that's getting everyone riled up it's a dodgy one because if the penalty is given and they go to VAR I won't see it overturned 
so, they won't because it's not clear and obvious. Not, yeah, so they'd have to go with it. It's the same. It's just, it works. It works the same way. And we're going to be talking about another game where that happens uh, later on in the show. I would say that it's, it's one of those ones, and this is a cliche. If it's given against you, you're fuming. If it's not given for you, you're fuming. You can see why it could go either way. But at the minute, we're public enemy number one again. So obviously, it it doesn't go. It doesn't go for the opposition team. What? What I would say as well is Martial scored what nearly was he scored 22, 23 goals a season. No penalty goals in that. No set piece goals either. These no. are all goals from open play. And I his goal yesterday that was a lovely move and he took it well and he finished mm. it with a plomb. Uh, unfortunately, Patrick Van Arnold looks like he uh, suffered quite a bad injury in the yeah, yeah he he he's out for his shoulder. It was okay, though, gorgeous. He's, Gorgeous he's, finish. He's been on Twitter and stuff saying he's fine and, and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah so the Rashford goal. There. Great finish. It was very, very clinical. And I think I think uh, Crystal Palace had looked a little bit threatening, hadn't they, in, in most mm. quite a bit of that second half. And then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer sort of checked, made a couple of substitutions, which kind of shored you guys back up again. Mm. And you were then able to go on and, uh, and get that second goal and obviously close the game out quite comfortably in the end. But I'll tell you was, what. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what was nice to see. Um, Fossu Mensa get a start. Right, I don't know if you saw, I tweeted on uh, about three days ago saying I really miss Fossu Mensa. And I was at work and I got a tech fan. I got a tech fan, look at the lineup, I literally lost my mind. But um, <laughs> quickly, quickly, because obviously we talked about the penalty, uh, the counter attack for the Rashford goal, Rashford sitting down, two defenders and a keeper was lovely. Um, oh, yeah, that was smooth. And then, and then we'll get on to what seems to be upsetting every single person on Twitter, journos and everything, that we've had the most offside goals disallowed against us this season. It's boring. The rule is really boring. And the, the fact that it's, it's letters of the, of the law, but if you're a millimetre offside or you're two yards offside, you're well, offside. The thing is, I, I think what riled a lot of people was the, was the graphic again, a little bit like the FA Cup game <laughs> when I did the zigzags with Matt. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, well, this one, Excuse me. It looks like when when you look at the line, you look at the six yard box, and then you look at the line that they've drawn across, and it's not parallel. And I think that winds people up. But and what it, people don't understand I, is, I think it's offside. I think it's offside, and I I, 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 I would I would have put my flag up if I was on the line on that game. But, but what people don't is, understand is, is it's, it's not a flat line. It's when your camera angle's there or whatever mm. replay they're looking at, it's not going to be a straight line. It's it's the perspective. Yeah. But that's the indeed. thing. VAR is really boring, right? But that is, to, they put lines. And it's if he's offside, he's offside. Now, the one thing that I don't know whether they've still got the technology to do, and we were talking about this yesterday, certain passes, like a scoop pass, when you put your foot on the ball and then you scoop it up, that's a good second motion, right? It takes about a second to get. So then, with the VAR, do you pause it at the point he's first touched the ball with his foot? Do you mm. use it from... And obviously, you could get 50, 50 still images at a millisecond from the time he's... You could have a picture of the player with his ball still on the foot, but then you could have five or six different lines from where the player was moved because it's it's so... The only thing I would say is they need to nail down the precise moment the ball's touched. But yeah. yes, it is what it is, man. Like, if, if that's... Uh, they might need to at some point, and if the referee wants to, show the managers on the monitor. Roy Hodgson's human. Show, show him the monitor. 
there's the red line, there's the blue line. That, that will not happen. No, I know, but the, but like Roy's raging, and it's like it's it's again, it's really boring and robotic that it's down to a millimeter. Mm. But that's the rule. Right, we're um, we've got lots of more games to cover, but it is time for this. I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in. Right. Let's talk about the game very briefly first. Everton won, uh, Aston Villa won. Aston Villa, they took the lead with with a concert, uh, with a concert goal. He actually took it quite nicely for a centre-half, to be fair. Um, 18 minutes to go in the game. And then Phil Walcott, he scored. Concert actually tried to clear it off the line. It was clearly behind the line. Um, Villa couldn't get away with that one, as they did get away with the one against Sheffield United. Right. So this now puts Villa in a bit of a precarious position. Like later on tonight, it is it is West Ham versus Watford. Uh, a draw puts um, put lots of pressure on, on on both of these sides. I think they would ideally um, Aston Villa would ideally want a a well West one of those teams. They'd want a West Ham win. Yeah, well, a West a West Ham win because then West Ham might be able to relax a little bit for when Villa play them on the last game of the season. That's the only way I can I can think of it. However, Everton, we say this, we have a section in the show. What are Everton? Everton in the last three years has spent three hundred and eighty million pounds on average players. Well, I was going to say and, on what on what. You know, we look at Sigerson, 45 million. He ain't worth 45 million. That's nuts. Where's, that's, where's, nuts. Where's, that, that, that's probably the worst. 25 million. For the that's, that's I don't think so. I think it won't be, it won't be for 40 million. No, I don't it think won't, they, won't they, they spent that much on him. They could I go thought it was that. 30. I thought it was 30. Yeah. It's, it's, 30 yeah. it's 35 plus a certain amount of games and he's covered those games. It's, been, it's 40 million now. Jeez. 40 million pounds for Alex, uh, for, uh, for Alex Iwobi. Now, I like I like Tawobi, and I think he was a good prospect. But he's a squad player for Arsenal. He was never starting uh, on a. He was never. He's never going to be a star man, I should say, for Arsenal. And the fact they spent that much, you know, um, uh, um, Keane at the back, you know, 25, 30 million for that Pickford, 30, 30, 30 million. It's just a lot of money on not great players. And um, they, they made a really good analogy this morning. If you go out and say, "Yeah, I just spent three hundred quid on shoes," what have you done? Have you bought one decent pair? Or two decent pairs for that three hundred quid, or have you bought ten pairs of thirty pound shoes? And those ten pairs of thirty pound shoes aren't going to last you as long as two decent yeah. pairs of shoes for hundred and fifty quid. And that's what they—they've spent their money very badly. We all know that they've got money, but then have have Everton then been, uh, you know. Uh, have they made a made a rod for their own back because we know that they've got decent money. So clubs will then say, "Oh, well, they've got a lot of money. We're just going to inflate the price of this player." I'll say two words. Two words. Well, three words. Premier League tax. Premier League tax. Like that, that's 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 what everyone suffers for. If Gilfie Sigurdsson left to go somewhere, we left. We did, did he leave from Spurs to go to Everton? Yeah, if if Gilfie Sigurdsson would have left Spurs and gone to Valencia, how much do you think that deal was costing? Yeah, we were talking 20, about twenty five million. We were talking about this yesterday on the show, um, for the top five, the German top fives. Me and Alex were saying because Alex put put Tony Crows in his list. I won't tell you the rest of the list because you need to go back and watch it. But really. Tony Crows, twenty four million pound. Yeah, exactly. Going into the Prem, what's that? Oh, we're looking at fifty sixty. Yeah. 
It's, it, honestly, you look at you look at the Everton signs. A Wobi. If a Wobi goes out, if a Wobi goes out to somewhere else that isn't isn't England, it's not 35, 40 million. If again, Keane, that's not a 30, 35 million pound signing. You look at you look at Jude Bellingham has gone to has gone to Dortmund. Look at the money involved in that. It's nothing. If that's mm. a Prem club going for Bellingham, they wanted fifty million. It's it's just the Premier League tax, but it doesn't excuse the fact that they have brought poorly. They have brought poorly. You got any um, input on that, eh, dog? No, you guys covered it pretty much. Uh, I, I think maybe the only other thing as well that clubs know that Everton have got a bit of money and. Obviously, they're de- Everton are desperate to try and get somewhere, right? They're, 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 you know, they're, they've got their neighbours down the road who, who are all of a sudden become a powerhouse and they don't want to be left behind. So, desperation on Everton's part and other clubs taking advantage of that has meant that they've just spent sh- stupid money on, on, on players, which, have, yeah, as you say, is amounted now to £380 million. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. talk about Premier League tax, Richarlison. Now, I, I think Richarlison's a pretty decent player, but... He's not fifty million pounds worth with Charlison, especially. No, he's not fifty million good. Because he, he he had a fast start at Watford, didn't he? he? He came out of the blocks, but then he kind of faded away. And you know, he, he doesn't have extreme pace. He's not a regular goal scorer. I mean, what's his best position? He plays in. We talk about Jack Grealish. What kind of position does he play? He plays a number of different positions. Richarlison does the same. I mean, that to me doesn't say it's a fifty million pounds player because. A fifty million pound player should be a player who's who's got a position and he's very good at what he does. Uh, I mm. think Richarlison is good at what he does, not very good. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, he doesn't offer enough. He went for that little run where he scored. Like, I think he scored like five goals in seven games, and it was like, oh yeah, he's great. And yeah. then he's not really performed. Uh, I, I get it. He's young. He's young, so he's obviously got time to improve. I mean, the, the thing that will improve him now is just getting match experience, but. Everton, they can't afford to spend that kind of money on players and them not hit the ground running. You know, they have because, to come in and, and yeah, run with it. Exactly. Exactly. And they, 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 it just leads to where they are right now, with 13th place. And I mean, we can all probably uh, think that they're going to spend another lot of money this summer whenever the transfer window comes round. And is it just going to be repeated again? You know? Well, well um, it's, like I said, it's like I said the other day, they've got a new manager, haven't they? So Ancelotti yeah. might not want some of these players that exactly, yeah. the fraud Marco Silva brought in. So now we might see Ancelotti want to spend money on the players that he wants. And, and then, mm. like you just said, round we go, we start again. How many windows does he need? Three, four? Is he going to be allowed to have three or four windows? Will he, he ask four windows? Yeah, exactly. well, yeah, but that, that's, that's not necessarily yeah. will, he get, will he get sacked. Will he just get annoyed does and he... think, do you know what, I've had enough of this, I'm out. I was going to say, yeah, does he have the appetite for that kind of thing? Does he have the appetite for a kind of a rebuild job, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's in his 60s he's, now. In, he's got to be in the latter <laughs> stage of his managerial career, right? He's, I mean, he's been yeah. manager for over 20 years now. Um, yeah, so <laughs> is he is he at the age where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take on a project? Because you, you usually think projects are for younger managers, right? Because mm. they're, they're starting out in the game and they want to be able to build their reputation. Ancelotti, he's a manager who's like, my reputation is this, so therefore I should be at a club where I'm challenging for honours and he's yeah. not going to be doing that at Everton anytime soon very true right let's go back to Wednesday's games we've not got too long left but um, there's still four games that we need to rattle through um, we'll stay in Merseyside this is a result I did not expect. Arsenal 2, Liverpool 1. Goals from... Well, well when, when Mane scored the opener, I was thinking, right, it's going to be 6, 7, 8, 9. Uh, Arsenal just couldn't get out, out, out of the blocks. But then 
two absolute howlers from the Liverpool defence. I would literally think about Alisson. Is he Edison in disguise a little bit there? Um, Lacazette with the opener and then he set up for Reese Nelson um, for a goal just before half-time. So here was a funny little stat. Uh, Virgil van Dijk has got as many assists as Mesut Ozil for Arsenal this season. It was, it was, it was a good back pass. <laughs> um, lovely, weren't it? But that, uh, that, that Van Dyke back pass had Kalasnich vibes about it. It oh, did. Yeah. It did. It, it was. It was almost as if Liverpool just did their best Arsenal impression. Um, that, and, I literally uh, thought it was Arsenal that were in black. But uh, a good, good finish by Lacazette. I'll give him that. He, he showed a bit of composure and Lacazette. ran the keeper. But also got to give him a bit of credit. He, he set up the goal for uh, Nelson, obviously after the back pass. Uh, but great play from Nelson to, again, composure, kill it, and then slot it in the corner. Really um, impressed with Nelson at the, on Wednesday. And then, and then well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but then Arsenal dug in and defended really well to see the game yeah, out. Dug in. Yeah, mean, but future Ballon d'Or winner, David Luiz. Every ball. It was just drawn to his... You know, you can tell it was when David Luiz said because obviously his hair's going everywhere. But every ball came near him. He was clearing it, heading it away. And that was possibly one of his best games he's had for Arsenal in a defensive sense. I would um, argue that is his best but, game for Arsenal. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's probably, probably the best um, I've seen him in an Arsenal show. I mean, Liverpool still had a couple of number of opportunities where I was like, oh, God. We, we, we number of opportunities? They had 24 shots. But yeah, uh, was... <laughs> I mean, he's just come in and it's like, we've not missed a beat in terms of goalkeeper. Uh, mm. Leno is going to find it so hard to get back in the side when Martinez has been on form like this. I wouldn't be looking at starting Leno at all. No, it's, well, it's got to be Martinez. You've got you've got to keep running with him because you can't take a goalkeeper who is in incredible form away. He doesn't make what, mistakes. What? He commands his box. His distribution is good. He shouts. He screams. He he leads from the back, and that's what you need in a goalkeeper. What I would say for Martinez, unfortunately for him, when once the season's finished, Leno will probably be fit to start next mm. season and he's because he's your number one choice keeper it won't kind of be seen as just dropping Martinez to get Leno straight back in it will be look he's my number one it's new season impress me in training and you'll get ahead of him but he's my number one so I think I think Leno yeah. will still start next year now I'm going to bring it up because I'm not an Arsenal fan like you two so, so there won't be any any bias um Trent Alexander-Arnold thank um how is that not a red card and okay Okay, if people might agree that it's not a red card, how come it didn't even get VAR? I'll never guess because it's exactly the same situation as the Eddie and Ketia one exactly, last week. It's, 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 it's pretty much carbon copy. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, but then. To, to be first, when I, when I first saw it, I thought it was just a yellow. I thought it was a foul and a yellow. And then you see it again. That was the same, with, like, that was the same with Nketiah's though, wasn't it? It was yeah. when he yeah. first saw it, like, oh, it's a yellow. And then, and then they, as, as Cotton says, when, when Nketiah, they spent, what, four or five minutes looking at it. And then they yeah. asked the referee to go over to the sideline monitor. This one, it was like, just carry on. And then mm. five minutes later, they varred a Xhaka tackle with him winning the ball. They varred yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't. And, and this is the thing, like, people... We shouldn't we shouldn't get wrapped up as fans of yeah. worrying about other teams. Oh, Liverpool getting it away with it again. Oh, Man United with another penalty. We need to be annoyed collectively at the inconsistency of the decisions and the officiating. Because Absolutely. how can you 
How can you literally have? It's not like it was at the start of the season and then we've forgotten. It's nine months later. You had literally a carbon copy challenge a week before that had a VAR review, a VAR mm. monitor review mm. that took five minutes and then it got to a decision. Pretty much the exact same tackle and it doesn't even get reviewed in the space of a week. I just don't understand it. I know. There's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and find a, a get an ex referee on the show during the preseason and see if we can see if we can get some voices together and try and nail down some some real poignant situations that have happened this season. Um, we're going to stay in North London and Newcastle versus Tottenham. Newcastle. Did you know? So Newcastle won Tottenham three. Did you know? Did you know? I know what you're going to say. This is. Jose Mourinho's first ever Premier League victory over Newcastle. Yep. That is an incredible stat. And I just remembered, I was meant to do some trivia for you guys as well. And I was meant to give it to you before the beginning of the show. Uh, so <laughs> we'll have to do some trivia. We'll have to do some tri- <laughs> I've got loads of trivia questions here. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to do it. We'll have to hey, do so, it. Is, so, so let me just ask, is that his first Premier League home and away or just away? Just in first, general. First, no, first Premier League victory. Over Newcastle. Wow. And he's been in the Premier League on and off, don't get me wrong, for 15 years. So that is... Yeah, that, but Newcastle, Newcastle were also in and out of the Premier League on and off for 15 years. So, uh, Yeah, he was, you know what? He, was, he was there. He was there, though. The goals that came sounds... from, from Son, Kane got a brace, and then Matt Ritchie scored a lovely one. It was a lovely goal. Um, yeah, Tottenham have put two results back-to-back now, so... The, the, the Jose out crew have stopped and uh, he's back to being a world-class manager going to that results again. There you go. And um, that was a Man United fan who said that, so don't start digging on Gooners for that. Um... Oh, oh, listen, <laughs> I've, been, I've been having out with it. Oh, listen, oh, we suffered years under Jose playing negative football. Yeah, we ground out results, but if I tell you that your manager plays negative football and I'm watching a game and it's negative football and you're having zero shots on target against Bournemouth, it's not a personal attack. You're just playing negative Defensive, boring football. That's it. Mm. Done. Um, Burnley won, Wolves won. Because we've only got a couple of games left to rattle through. Burnley won, Wolves won. That was on Wednesday. And we just want to go back and like just sort of like revisit that VAR situation. Because uh, Wolves, they, they took the lead. Uh, Raul Jimenez, I think that finish, by the way, was strong as hell. I, text, I was texting Cotton during the game. I was like, I can't believe we were giving him so much jip last season. And the the guy the guy's an animal and it was a you know lovely that, finish. Do you know what that volley really reminds me of? Because it was like behind him and it's almost shinned it. It really reminded me of Van uh, Van Persie's volley against Charlton. Yeah. You know, on the, on the edge of the box because he like he almost has to he has to come back on himself and try and get himself into the into the angle to swing a leg at it. It was such a good finish. Yeah, beautiful finish. Um, but then at the end, it was a penalty. Uh, Chris Wood dispatched it beautifully, but. There's arguments as to whether this penalty should be given or not, because Doherty is handballed it, yeah. But there's a train, there's, there's a training boot very close to his face, and the protection, you know, should that be, should that not be a penalty because he's trying to protect himself from a flying boot? Should it be a penalty because it struck his hand? You know, how how are we looking at that? But then the problem is, if you're rolling out a Tottenham goal because Lucas Moore has handballed it after he's been fouled and falling down. That's it, isn't it? Is we've we've got to that point now where we've said pretty much if it hits your hand, no matter what the situation yeah. is, it's it's either or. It's, it's set a precedent, hasn't it? That's what's yeah. happened. It's set a precedent for any future. Well, 
what any future incidences should be measured against. Uh, mm. But as we've known, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the same uh, consistency will be applied across yeah, all like matches. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so that, that was that. And um, it's not necessarily scuppered Wolves' chances because there's still there's still an opportunity for them to, uh, to, to, I, to get I there, think, but it's I think, made um, it a lot harder. I think it has made it a lot harder. I think what Wolves happen, they'll, they'll comfortably finish, what, sixth, won't they? Um, but you've got to remember, they're in the Europa League and they can sit, make a serious go at that. And if they win the Europa League, that means they go into the Champions League. And Yes, they well, do. And if they come outside the top four, their five teams will be making it there. And there's a wasp in my face because that's what happens. And, uh, for the audio, for the audio, it's fine, but for the visual, it's terrible. Uh, right, it's gone. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so, Anchor FM guys, make sure you uh, go over to uh, to YouTube, and you can see me battling a wasp. And then, um, yeah, Man City two, Bournemouth one. Now, this 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 almost got a bit hairy for Man City, and I actually feel quite sorry for Bournemouth because once my boy Brooksy scored at the end. They had three or four opportunities where they could have and should have equalised. Uh, the goals from, from Man City, by the way, came from David Silva and Gabriel Jesus. But, uh, yeah, it was... Um, it was That's the first time he's scored in about five years, isn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah quite world-class striker, Gabriel Jesus. But I feel sorry for Bournemouth, and I'm just going to get a little graphic on the screen for you guys uh, about, the, about the running for the... Uh, for the relegation positions. So here we go. Relegation battle. Brighton have got um, Newcastle at home and Burnley away. But now we know after the result yesterday that Brighton are safe. So we don't need to worry about those anymore. But then you go West Ham Watford. They've got each other tonight at uh, eight o'clock, which is live on Sky Sports. Then West Ham, they've got Man United away, Villa at home. Watford have got City at home, Arsenal away, Ooh. Bournemouth, <laughs> Bournemouth. They've got, yeah. they've got Southampton home, Everton away. Watford have to win tonight. They yeah. Have, yeah. have to win tonight, otherwise yeah. they're not. Oh, they're in if, trouble. What, yeah, what, Watford are desperate for a victory tonight, and I feel that yeah, if they don't, then they are. I, I, I'd fancy, I'd fancy Villa getting out of that if 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 uh, if Watford fail to win today. And do you know what? If Watford yeah. don't win tonight, I honestly can see West Ham getting possibly a point at Old Trafford as well. I really can. They are, they are a pure bogey team. The, the, I remember season 94-95, they got a point off here to deny you with the title. They're, they're that sort of team, yeah. you know. And um, and and, do, and the season that Watford, West Ham went down, didn't they get a victory against United on la- was it the last day of the season? Or oh, they, like and, that, then, right? and then there was their final game at the Berlin Stadium and they absolutely slapped us about. Like, we, we don't do too yeah. well against West Ham. Yeah, it's not. Well, great. I think what Watford is all eggs in one basket. Tonight. It's, it, yeah, it's do or die. This is your cup final tonight, Watford. You have to go out there and get a victory. And if you don't, you are in a precarious position, and there's every chance that you could end up going down. And don't treat it like the FA Cup final. No, definitely do not treat it like the FA Cup final. Right then, um, that's it from us uh, from today. But um, we are back tomorrow to preview all the weekend's games, including the FA Cup games. And we're also here on Sunday with the live watch-alongs. So we're we're on it all day, pretty much, from four o'clock through into the the early to mid-evening. But from from myself, I'm Gav Mack, uh, playing up front with 
Cotton in the uh, two up top and with your man in behind, Alex Osborne. Thank you, everybody. Oh, uh, before I go, actually, before I go, before I go, make sure you subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. There it is. Details below. And did you know, did you know that if you Google two up top, we, our name and everything that we do comes up first. Thank you. And Sarah.